Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to the latest episode of the Championship Roundtable. I'm your host, Jake Jackman, and you can reach us at the show by emailing championshiproundtable at gmail.com. Hi, I'm James Vickers. I'm a Preston North End fan on the podcast. You can reach me on Twitter at underscore James Vickers, and I write and contribute for a Preston North End fan blog, which you can find on Twitter at Deepdale Digest. We'll start with making the rounds where each of us have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this week. We'll start with you, James. Uh, a couple of games for Preston this week. What were your thoughts on the two games and sort of the season as a whole now it's coming to a close? Yeah, it's been an interesting week, really. We started, obviously, as you know, at Newcastle. I didn't go into the game with too much optimism, really. Obviously, Newcastle is uh, probably the toughest place in the division to go, with the exception of Brighton. And with two of our best defenders out injured with sort of uh, season-ending injuries, as I said, yeah, I wasn't too optimistic, but... Fair play to the people who stepped in. I thought first half we we sort of more than matched Newcastle. Um, played quite well considering we were coming in off the uh, sort of a poor run of form with a couple of defeats, which after sort of mathematically missing out on the playoffs, it looked as if the uh, the lads were sort of already in holiday mode. So it's quite refreshing to see them putting a good performance first half. I think second half after Newcastle got the second and then Gallagher sort of with his his world class save on the line. Um, getting himself sent off. I think after that, there was only going to be one winner, especially when Richie took away the penalty. But positive signs there in the first half. I think Tom Barkusen played fantastic. Hugill was sort of a presence up top, which he, he's been on sort of all season, really. He's really sort of filled that, that void that Joe Garner left when he joined Rangers in the summer. And I thought the two of them played well. Apart from sort of a couple of, of defensive mistakes really which sort of led to, to Newcastle's first two goals didn't have too many complaints about the first half but you know that's to be expected really when you've got players coming in like Tyus Browning who's been out for a number of weeks with with uh, sort of a knee injury um, and then you've got uh, Tom Spur coming in filling in for Greg Cunningham who's arguably been one of our best players this season you're always going to get sort of a few mistakes really with a, a back four that's sort of been thrown together last minute and haven't really played played together all season but yeah not really too many complaints um as I said yeah I didn't think we'd uh we'd take anything away from the game and it was good to see Newcastle get promoted as well um I imagine you're happy with that Jake and sort of you you're back where you belong now in the Premier League so I reckon you'll kick on there next season so yeah that was Monday um going into yesterday I've just given them all the praise for Monday but really yesterday was the complete opposite they did look like they were on holiday Um, it was only Rotherham's second away point all season Um, and playing your last home game of the season before season ticket price details and things like that come out you want to leave the fans with sort of a, a positive experience to go off into the summer 
before they come back in August and it was sort of abysmal really from start to finish. We were probably lucky to get a point, to be honest. Um, no one really played well. I thought sort of the only person who could hold his head kind of high after the game was Aidan McGeady, but he's just been fantastic for us all season. He uh, was announced as our player of the year today um, and I don't think any Preston fans could argue with that. He's... He, it pains me to say it, he's far too good for our team. And I think even though he's come out and said that he'd love to stay in the summer, I think he's going to, you know, go to a bigger team. I would I would be shocked if we uh, we managed to keep him, although I'd be delighted if, uh, if that did materialise. It was also nice to see Stevie Maybach, who's been out sort of about a year, year and a half um, with an injury that he suffered at Fulham. Um, sort of November, December time last season. So that was good for him to come back. He got our goal as well, which will be a nice confidence boost to him. Yeah, I, I thought I had on Preston during the game on Monday was I, I thought that Simon set up the team very well. He, he definitely had a game plan. You got three or four really good attacks in that first half as well. One being the goal. Uh, there's a save just before that as well, I think from Johnson. So there's was, there was definitely signs that um, you could compete against sort of a team that were going to be promoted. So do you think next season that you will push on and he's the right man to sort of push you into those playoff spots? Yeah, as you said, we had some really good chances in the first half and on a different day, you know, we could have we could have got a couple more in that first half. I think definitely sort of at the moment, he's the right man to take us forward. Um, obviously, we've still got a game left in this season, but every year he's been with us, he's improved on his previous year's finish. So as long as he's doing that, I have no complaints. He's got us playing... Sort of quite an attacking brand of football, which considering some of the managers we've had in sort of the past few years, you likes of Phil Browns and Graham Wesley, it's uh, quite a refreshing change, really. Um, I think the key to pushing on next season will be keeping hold of the likes of, even though I've, I've said I can't really see it happening, people like Aidan McGeady, keeping hold of then sort of our younger core of the squad as well, who sort of playing well on TV, it's always going to, you know, sort of. Uh, drive up the hype for them. Um, Tom Barkusen in particular, who it was sort of announced by Grayson towards the back end of this week that he's been playing sort of most of his time with us, uh, with a hernia. Um, and he's so quick. So it's frightening to think when he's playing sort of without the hernia and, and he is fully, fully fit. Um, I think he'll be a real handful next season. Uh, it's probably our signing of the season, to be honest, getting him on a free from Morecambe. Um, when it was announced, not many people had sort of really heard of him. Uh, he used to play for Blackpool, so uh, there was there was sort of that with them being our big rivals. But to be fair to the lad, since he's come in, he's he's proved to be one of our sort of most creative and uh, sort of attacking players, and he's he's great to have. As it sort of happened in the game a few times against Newcastle, Maxwell's distribution from uh, from goal kicks is uh, second to none, really. Uh, and he was able to pick up Barcus and he can use his pace to, to hit teams on the counter. So as long as we can keep all the players like that in the summer, add a bit more experience, which Grayson has said that he needs. Um, and I completely agree with him there. I think at times this season, we've been a little bit naive. Um, but that's going to come with having quite a young squad. So if you can get the right balance next season, I don't see any reason sort of why we can't push on uh, and hopefully sort of follow the mold, the mold that sort of like a Fulham have done and uh, play attacking football and, and really push and have a serious playoff challenge. Um, I can't see us sort of going for the title uh, unless something miraculous happens. But yeah, playoffs is definitely you know where we need to be aiming for next season uh, if we want to kick on. 
Yeah, and moving on to Derby, of you know, Andy, uh, it's been, although there's not much to play for, it's been quite an interesting week. You've had uh, two matches against two informed teams. Chris Martin has been talked about by Rowett and, and then Bent and Baird sign new contracts. So what are your sort of current thoughts on Derby and the week as a whole? Yeah, obviously it's been a, a good opportunity for Gary Rowett to have a look at uh, the players. Obviously he needs to do it um, over more than a couple of games. And uh, the opposition uh, were contrasting as we went to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, didn't didn't give a bad account of ourselves, to be quite honest. Uh, we uh, another day we would have come away with a draw, but uh, that game showed, you know, it magnified the area where we're very weak, and that's in defence. And uh, the defence were very poor in the two goals that we conceded there. Uh, we went on yesterday, we playing Wolves, a team that's not had a good season. To be quite honest, they are one of the poorer sides that seem to Derby this season. Well, either that or, you know, uh, we were really on our game. And uh, we started very strong in the game. Uh, David Nugent uh, scored another goal. Uh, then uh, Bradley Johnson came up and took one in. Wolves had a player sent off, and then just before half-time, Marshall pulled a goal back for them. And uh, I've seen these scenarios before, where uh, when, when uh, teams have uh, lost a player, it's that old cliche of um, it's uh, more difficult to play against 10 men. However, we started strong in the second half, and uh, it was quite a good workout. I think uh, looking at the games Rowett's had to assess the current squad, I think he's right to keep Chris Baird and Darren Bent. Um, Chris Baird has certainly earned the one-year extension on his contract. He, he, he's come in, he's played very well, he's played in a variety of positions as well. Darren Brent, Darren Bent, sorry, um, yeah, once again, useful, useful player to have in the squad. Um, he hasn't been an ever-present. He's been in and out of the team uh, due to injury and obviously due to uh, tactical decisions as well. But he's still come up with 13 goals. And uh, the guy still knows uh, how to put the ball in the onion bag. And sh should he, you know, not be getting much of a look in next season, we, we can still command uh, a loan fee for him because I'm sure there'll still be plenty of takers for his services at this level. And uh, I think Gary Rowbert has used the game very wisely. He's looked at the, the different formations and hopefully <laughs> he can uh, fill the, uh, the positions that we're weak at during the summer. You know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic um, that this time next season, uh, we may maybe have something to shout about. Yeah, and just on on, on the Chris Martin quotes as well, do you think that he'll come back to uh, Derby next season? Well, he's made his intentions uh, clear that he's coming back to Derby. He signed a contract extension. If Fulham go up, um, will he change his mind? I don't know. Will Fulham change their mind? You know, will they, will they consider... Chris Martin, a Premier League player. Personally, I 
I, I think he would have a role for them if they went up. I don't think he would get as many games. That he, he would be more of a squad player. But, uh, you know, saying that, he, he's, he's still a useful sort of player to have about. Because uh, apart from his goal scoring, he's ball holding as well. Um, he, he's good at striking the dead ball. You know, he, he, he gives you another option. At Derby, Gary Rowett definitely wants him back. Along with David Nugent, Matthew Vidra, Darren Bent, and uh, Gary Rowett has stated he wants another striker as well. So, looking at extending the options would be a good thing. Um, I, I, I personally feel that Chris Martin will be back at Derby County next season. Um, the majority of the fans want him back as well. And I think his goal-scoring record you know, gives them good reason to want him back. Yeah, just moving on to Newcastle now. Obviously, been a very quiet week on Tyneside. Um, not a lot going on. Of, of course, that's not true. We got promoted on Monday against James, James's Preston, which was, uh, yeah, it was just relieving most uh, more than anything. I think uh, the last few weeks have been quite stressful. We've been thinking about Huddersfield. We've been dropping points, not really playing well. Uh, and it's been quite stressful. But I think on Monday, we, we deserved to win. I think it's, despite how Preston uh, played in the first half, I think once we got that second goal just before half time, we were only going to win from that stage. So it's a good performance we got the job done and, and seeing the celebrations afterwards as well um it wasn't quite like it was at brighton i've seen some people on social media pointing out at that but the difference is this this achievement for us compared to what it is for brighton it isn't quite the same level i think it was more relief than anything uh you saw benitez on the pitch going around shaking hands with every single club official that was there all the stewards that the photographer all the players uh, and it, he he looked so happy he looked delighted that we'd got up and you could see how much it meant to him as well it's, a lot of people were saying that it, maybe he he wouldn't be that invested in it compared it, if we didn't win the title and maybe be a bit disappointed but if anybody saw how he celebrated he was so happy and and although there's been a lot of comments about his future saying that he might not stay I can't see it myself. I think he's definitely going to be here next season. You can see how much he's invested into this club, how much he loves it, how much he loves managing Newcastle. So I think, yeah, he'll be here next season. All his quotes at the moment are sort of trying to get as much transfer budget as possible. Uh, I read quite a good piece from Jamie Carragher, I think, in the on the Daily Mail when he was talking about it. And he said that this is what Benitez does. So there's no chance. Uh, he doesn't think he'll he'll leave Newcastle and that he's, he's quite a political figure. And that's exactly what he's doing. And yes, it was a, it was good to see him finally complete that achievement. I think we're the second team in the last six seasons to get automatic promotion after relegation. So I mean, that shows you how how hard it is to get out of this league, and we've done it with quite some comfort. Um, going on to the to the Friday's match as well, we played a bit of a weakened team. There's still an outside chance of the title, so we we rested Shelby, Richie was suspended, but the players that came in did really well. Uh, I think we've seen with Brighton uh, in. Uh, since they've been promoted and and um, Doncaster in League Two as well, they've sort of gone off the boil and not really focused on going on and getting that title. Whereas we played probably probably played as well as we've played in the last few weeks against uh, Cardiff. You could see the players were relieved and, and because the pressure had gone off them, they could play a bit more freely. Christian Atsu played very well. He's got a good free kick. And yeah, we got that done as well. And then with Brighton losing at the weekend, it really opens up the, the title race for us on the final day. We've got a chance. So that would be a good way to end the season if that did happen. Off the pitch, there's been a few things going on as well. I'm sure everybody's read the, the reports about the HMRC investigation into the club. 
Um, yeah, it was a bit concerning to see that come out just two days after promotion. If, if anybody, if any club was going to get promoted and then have a massive investigation launched on them two days after, it would be Newcastle. And it's something that we've done. So, yeah, it was a bit worrying at the time, but reading a lot of the stuff that's been written about it by people who know more than me about these things, it seems like it's going to take a long time for it to reach any sort of conclusion and it won't affect us football-wise at least because the the football association and the football league aren't looking haven't opened their own investigations into it so i don't think we'll get any footballing punishments but we might see some change in the boardroom if lee charnley is is involved and gets some sort of punishment himself because he was arrested which is farcical in itself having your chief executive arrested is embarrassing but we'll see where what happens to that i'm not too worried about it i don't think it will affect us this summer i don't think it will affect benita's position he was very professional about it when he was asked about it and he's, he's gone with his job and took, uh, got the players focused on cardiff and got that win so that was really good to see so now hopefully we just go on and get that title and then we can start planning for the premier league which yeah it's good to be back in the premier league it was tough coming it was it was it's been a tough season i've got more respect for the championship than i've ever had uh so yeah, it was good to get up and good to do it without going through those playoffs. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware. How would you sort of rate the championship season this year? Do you think it's been better than years gone by in, in quality and excitement? Or do you think the fact that there's only a couple of things to decide on the final day shows that there's sort of different sections of the division, almost sort of like um, different leagues within within the division and, and there is a definite quality gap and maybe it's not as close as, as everybody thinks it is. Uh, so I'll be on this one, James. I think definitely the the quality is a lot better this year. Um, as you said, with sort of regards to not many things to be decided on the last day, I think that is testament to sort of really how you can pick more or less from sort of Newcastle and Brighton down to about sort of 15 teams that uh, even though sort of teams may be sort of lower and outside the playoffs there's still serious quality there and I think that's testament to sort of the money that's come into the league and, and the exposure that the league's had um, especially in the last couple of seasons with your likes of Newcastle coming down and and your Leeds and people like that been in the division that that brings that exposure which again brings sort of money into the, the division and it's only a good thing really um, I think apart from say seven eight teams i think any sort of the top sort of 14 15 could realistically have had a go at the playoffs this year uh maybe not sort of the top two um but yeah definitely going for the playoffs and i think it's it's sort of been that title season that you know teams like leeds now are going to miss out on the playoffs unless uh sort of there's a, a massive goal swing in their favor on the last day where they looked to shoe in for the playoffs at one point uh, and even looked as though they were capable of of challenging for the top two. Um, I think, so yeah, the quality, I think, definitely is, uh, has been one of the best it's been this season. I think excitement as well. It's uh, even though, you know, you'd love to see sort of a bit of playoff drama and that kind of thing on the last day, uh, teams sort of dropping in and out, which makes it exciting for a neutral. I think sort of... Uh, 
there's still enough going on uh sort of in and around the division where it's been sort of fun sort of fascinating to watch it really uh the season sort of unfold you know you've got teams like sort of preston um have had like a good go at the playoffs and then you've got teams like fulham that have there's always that one team that really traditionally sort of comes on a run towards the end of the season and, and breaks in and sort of that's been full in this season. So I think the excitement's definitely been there as well. And again, going back to the top two, Newcastle Brighton, the way they've been sort of yo-yoing uh, between the two of them sort of most of the season, that's been fascinating to watch as well, um, sort of from a, a neutral of the two teams' point of view. So I think quality and excitement, yeah, it's been it's been a fantastic season this year and uh Hopefully, you know that that only gets better with with the more money that comes into the league and the more TV exposure as well. So, I think it's promising times ahead for the championship, really. And as as I mentioned a few weeks ago when I was last on, it's it's almost turning into a second sort of Premier League, as it were, um, sort of definitely lower half of the Premier League. Um, the quality isn't too much different. Um, sort of for years there was always this con- sort of misconception that. As soon as you drop down at the uh, the Premier League, it's it's almost like your Sunday League football and and that kind of thing. And I think over the last sort of four or five years, the Championships really sort of shaken off that stigma that people had who, who don't necessarily watch it. Um, sort of the influx of foreign players and and things like that, foreign managers like Benitez, it's it's helped no end. And it's uh, sort of uh, arguably sort of. As, as exciting sort of as a neutral to watch as as say like the Premier League is um sort of in my opinion so yeah as a Preston fan would have liked to have get us in seen us get into the playoffs but excitement drama you know everything you want in a in a competitive league it's added all this season and and hopefully it continues in the league it's, it's done a lot for its exposure uh, in the media huge clubs and who haven't been at in this level for a long time so having those two is good for the league and seeing Aston Villa struggle as well I think it's been good for the league because it shows that you can't just spend money and expect to go up you have to spend it well and you need to uh, really research the league which I think Newcastle did I think Benitez did that and I, I don't think Aston Villa did so it, it that's been good uh, to show that money isn't everything um, and as well I think that the one problem I have with the league is that there's a lot of teams that have been very poor this season that aren't going to be punished for it. I think Rotherham and Wigan have really propped up that league. And, and if they were more competitive, the league, I think, would have been a lot better as a whole. So hopefully next season, there won't be two teams that are just so much worse than the rest. But what are your thoughts on it, Andy? Do you sort of have similar thoughts? I, I, I think it's been a good season. I think it's been good for the fact that uh, Aston Villa and Norwich haven't just uh, come down splashed the cash, yeah, they, well, they've splashed the cash, but it hasn't seen them uh, go back up again. And, uh, you know, at, at least it, uh, it proves that you can't necessarily buy yourself out of the league. Because, to be quite honest, I thought when Aston Villa appointed Steve Bruce, who's got quite a few promotions on his CV, that uh, they would progress. And they would be top six at least, but no, they've struggled. And to be quite honest, um, I know we've we've only had one point off them, but they but they were poor. You know, we we were just worse. But it's been a, it's been a season full of stories as well, because you've had the late running by Fulham, tremendous. You know, um, a couple of seasons ago they were dire, and I think Russ Goldman uh, would uh, agree with that. But the turnaround this season has been tremendous. Um, I know they didn't have their better games against us, but I think. I've, I've watched uh, 
the highlights of a few of their games. They play nice football, nice uh, attractive football. Um, it's good to see that Sheffield Wednesday again uh, are in the playoffs because they're, they're a Premiership size, size uh, team and they they didn't suffer a bad playoff hangover. What has surprised me is Leeds. Uh, they surprised me twice, actually. First of all, they surprised me by the way they stormed into the top six. They are one of the better teams that we've played this season. They absolutely played us off the park when we uh, went to their place. But then there was a, the, uh, a, a twist in the tail of them now dropping out of the top six and uh, by a, a miraculous uh, scoreline, <laughs> they're out of it. I think they, they've got to win something like by 13 goals and Fulham's got to lose by so many. But at the, the other end of the table, there's a couple of uh, stories as well. The survival of Burton Albion. I tipped them to go straight back down. And even a few weeks ago, I, I was thinking they hadn't got the depth in the squad. Um, they hadn't got the game plan to stay up. They've proved us wrong. Uh, and, and, I, and I actually think that the achievement of, of that club, it, it's quite understated. You know, Nigel Clough should be a, a player sorry, a manager of the season candidate. Um, you, you're talking of a club that gets four or 5,000 people watching it every week. Burton Albion have been getting less than uh, my brother's team, Lincoln City, who are playing in the Vanarama, who have just won the uh, Vanarama National. Um, I think we've all got to take a hats off to, to Nigel Club and salute Burton Albion. But there's, I think there's just one final story awaiting and that's the final relegation place. Rotherham have been whipping boys all season. 22 points is pretty dire. 22 points. I mean, that's nearly as bad as the 11 points that we got in the Premier League, if not worse. Uh, Wigan just never managed to uh, pull themselves away from that uh, bottom three. I actually think Wigan are probably uh, just a couple of players away from from being a side that could compete in the division. But unfortunately, um, they weren't able to fill them gaps. But it's that final um, relegation place that's uh, quite intriguing. We've got uh, Blackburn Rovers and Nottingham Forest on the same amount of points and only one goal difference in the goal difference. Now, I'm sure, you know, the whole of the East Midlands will have one eye on what's going to go on next weekend. Forest are entertaining Ipswich. Ipswich, very unpredictable side. Half fancy them to get a result at Forest, to be quite honest. And we've got Blackburn Rovers. I think they're playing Brentford. Well capable of uh, pulling off a result there. And uh, you know that... Uh, Social media will go into overdrive if Nottingham Forest get relegated from Derby County fans. Although on a personal note, you know, I've got friends and family that uh, support Forest. Um, I, I don't actually want them to go down because I, I prefer to uh, start uh, start a season on a on a on a level uh, playing field and uh, beat them on the pitch, but. Uh, it's looking very tricky for them. And uh, not only will they become 
well, in fact, they they are the only uh, ex-European champion team that's ever dropped down to a third tier in Europe. But uh, they're going to do it again if, if, if that happens. But I don't think their case has been particularly helped by uh, what's been going on behind the scenes. Uh, the, the owner, Farwad al Fasawi, it's been an absolute disaster since that guy went in there. He's uh, chopped and changed managers. The, the best manager he had, he sacked just after he'd lifted them into the top six. And, and after, uh, I think they, it was a game where they'd just beaten Leeds United. But uh, he is due, I think, this week to sell the club to Marinakis. And, you know, <laughs> are they jumping from the frying pan into the fire? Because his uh, own, uh, how we can say, way of running things has, has been called into question in the past, uh, back in his home land in Greece. But uh, I, I think that is... I think it's at the bottom end of the table now where everybody's going to be looking there next weekend. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree on Burton Albion, especially I think they deserve a lot of credit for what they've done for the size of the club. I think we saw, was it Yeovil came up a few seasons ago and they, they gave it a good go, but they didn't quite manage it. So, so to see Burton do it is, is a massive shot in the arm to those teams that are looking to get up into the championship. I think Fleetwood uh, are in the playoffs, uh, so they they would be a similar sort of size club if they did come up. But just quickly before we move into player watch, I just want to ask you on the final day, who do you think will win win the league? Brighton or Newcastle? Newcastle at home to Barnsley and Aston Villa. I think are playing Brighton at home, so so Brighton have got a, a trip to Villa Park, so that will be interesting. And then the relegation spot as well. You mentioned Forest and Blackburn there. Uh, Blackburn against Brentford and. Forest against Ipswich, and then Birmingham as well uh, are involved in that, uh, despite their win over Huddersfield. So who do you think will we'll take those two uh, places just quickly? I you. Yeah, I, um, I think it'll be interesting. I think Birmingham should be safe. Um, I, I, it takes sort of Blackburn and, and Forest to win, looking at the table, and I can't see both of them sort of picking up victories. Personally, as a as a Preston fan and having the rivalry rivalry with Blackburn, uh, it'd be nice to see them go down. I think Forrester uh, are a Championship club, um, and it'd be a shame to see them go. Um, but it's it's so tight. There's literally a goal in it between the two of them, and they're they're level on points. So, you know, it could go either way. Um, I don't think Blackburn will be able to win at Brentford. They may get a draw, but then it depends, obviously, what Forest do. Um, if I was a betting man, I'd probably put my money on Blackburn to go down. I think both teams will probably end up losing on the final day. Um, and it sort of stays that it is. But, you know, both teams lose. It's, it's whoever loses by sort of the fewest margin then. So, again, they both could lose. And Forest could end up slipping into the relegation zone. So, it's definitely going to be a fantastic sort of watch as a neutral on the final day. Um, but yeah, my money would be with uh, with Blackburn to go down. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I think um, yeah, looking at those fixtures, Birmingham are away to Bristol City. Uh, they've now stayed up, so I think Birmingham will probably go and get at least a point there. I think Forest will beat Ipswich, and I think Brentford will beat Blackburn. So I think Blackburn will go down. Brentford are very good at, at home, so I can't see them uh, not winning that game. So do you, what do you think, Andy? Do you think Forrest will go down? Or do you think that it's probably, well, probably it, going to be Blackburn? It's not quite so straightforward, is it? Because Blackburn and Forrest are on the same points. And there's only one goal 
difference in the goal difference. So they could both lose, they could both win, but it depends by how many, doesn't it? So I don't know. I, I think Blackburn will get a draw against Brentford. Um, Forest, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, just, I've just got this feeling um, that Ipswich will snatch a late win. Um, probably an ex-Forest player like David McGoldrick or Luke Chambers. You know, uh, it's, it's going to be very, very tight. I mean, the, the best thing that could happen for either, either of those two clubs is uh, earlier on, uh, the, the other one is trailing by two or more goals, you know, and uh, so they can uh, breathe more easily uh, during the rest of the game. But I, you know, I've, I've, I've just got that feeling that Forrest are... Uh, they're going to go out. It's going to be something dramatic. Whoever goes down, I can see it going down to one of the last kicks of the game, of time added on, you know, something like that, which makes great TV. But obviously for one set of the supporters, you know, it's going to be a heartbreak. Um, when you're talking about who's going to win the title, Newcastle nailed on. Um, you know, <laughs> they're not going to slip up uh, next Sunday. So, uh, yeah, Newcastle up. And I, I just feel that Forest are going to go down. Interesting. If Brighton's still leading the league by a point, so do you do not think Brighton will beat Aston Villa? Away? No, I think no, I think it'll be a draw. Interesting. Moving on to player watch for this week then. Uh, we'll start with you on this one, James. You had a couple of games. If you want to go across those, uh, who impressed and who disappointed for Preston? Yeah, so I'll start, I'll start with the Newcastle game. Um, I thought we sort of were, we played better than I thought we would. Um, sort of the, the two players who really stood out, I thought Hugill, sort of, as I mentioned earlier, he's done, he's done it all season. He's not the most talented footballer, but he makes up for it sort of for hard work and, and he's not afraid to put himself about. And I thought, especially first half, he, uh, he caused a few problems sort of for the Newcastle defence. Um, I thought Barcusen was excellent. The first half, his pace on the uh, the break um, was brilliant. Apart from that, there wasn't really anyone. I mean, we played well, but there wasn't really anyone that you could sort of point out that, that actually stood out. Um, so, yeah, I'd give a mention to, to Hugel and Barcusen for the, for the Newcastle game. Moving on to yesterday, uh, well, considering it was sort of shambolic from start to finish, um, there's not really anyone who who stood out. Um, I thought Alan Brown um, sort of had a, a game to forget, even though I'm sort of quite a big fan of his and would like to see him start more games than he does. Um, I thought he was quite bad. I thought Daniel Johnson, um, he's been guilty of it a few times sort of especially this season and towards the end of last, he just seems to go missing in games. Um, he gives you sort of that X factor sometimes going forward, but kind of how like Ozil's been for Arsenal in the big games this season. He, he's just not producing it on a consistent basis. And and at times he does look like a passenger in the midfield, um, especially missing Ben Pearson, who's going to, who missed the game against Rotherham. Uh, Cause he's picked up 15 bookings now this season. So he missed the, uh, the Newcastle and the, the Rotherham games, um, not having in him in the midfield playing next to Johnson. It really does sort of highlight, how much sort of he does go missing and how much we, we do rely on Pearson to almost carry him through games sometimes. Um, so I thought those two disappointed me, sort of especially yesterday, well, considering the team as a whole didn't play too well. Um, 
I thought the only player who sort of did play well really was Aidan McGeady. Um, at the end of the game, as, as the players were doing their sort of their walk around the pitch, he was sort of noticeably sort of at the back of the group, sort of on his own walking around, taking a bit of extra time to sort of shake shake fans' hands who were sort of around the advertising boards at the side of the pitch. And it almost looked as if it was like a farewell. Um, hopefully it's not. You know, and and we can get a deal sorted with him. He he's come out today and he's said uh, that he's loved every second sort of of the time he's been with us. And and if it was up to him, he'd love to stay. Um, just whether wages and that kind of thing, it'd, it'd be a stumbling block, or no doubt uh, a bigger team will come in with an even better offer. So it's it's sort of really sort of on him whether he wants to be playing regular football at this stage of his career or go to. I don't know, potentially say like a Sunderland as they come down into the championship and, and be playing some weeks and be on the bench others. Um, so it's kind of on him, really. Hopefully we make him an attractive offer and uh, he does stay, but sort of sadly just can't see it happening. Um, so yeah, him, sort of as, as most weeks really, is sort of the only one really who impressed and, and Johnson and Brown were the two that disappointed. Moving on to you know Andy and Derby, who impressed and disappointed in your most recent fixture against Wolves? Uh, well, to be to be quite honest, I think it would be very unfair of me to pick on any player um, for the game against Wolves. I think they all, you know, uh, had a reasonable game. Um, as for best player, I'd think Bradley Johnson uh, this season. Uh, he, he's he's really uh, he's he's turned the, turned it on. Um, we signed him for a lot of money last season. It was then a, a club record. Um, he, he struggled, wasn't playing well. This season, he's come in. He's been played out of position as well. And uh, Saturday typified what he's been playing like this season. He's been getting stuck in. and But also, more of late, um, he's been moving into forward positions. Um, he scored on Saturday. And Bradley Johnson is a midfielder that's got goals in him if he's given the opportunity. Uh, I think the guy deserves a huge amount of credit. We was all on his back last season and he's responded perfectly. But, uh, I mean, overall, it's been a funny kind of season because Scott Carson, not our player of the season, thoroughly deserved um, the best uh, season by a goalkeeper we've had in many years, in fact, probably going back to the days of Mark Poole. Um, Tom Ince has had a good season. He came second in the supporters of the, the supporters player of the season. 13 goals from a wide man's a good return. And Chris Baird, another player like Bradley Johnson, who last season the supporters were on his back. He came in this season initially when uh, Cyrus Christie was injured, done a tremendous job at right back. He's filled in at centre-half uh, when, when asked and, and then even played left-back as well. And, uh, you know, in, in contrast with last season, he's, he's been absolutely superb. And uh, like I said earlier, thoroughly deserving his uh, one-year contract extension. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, for Newcastle, we had a couple of games. So probably across the week, I would say a player that impressed me was Christian Atsu. If you'd have asked me this time last week if I wanted him to sign a permanent deal at the club uh, going into the Premier League, I would have said categorically no. But the last two performances have 
So it made me question that. I think he might have a role to play next season as a squad player, uh, somebody to come off the bench with a bit of pace and skill to, to you know, make something happen. He was, he, he seems to be a player that Rafa likes. I think he's very good at taking on instructions and uh, do it, you know, doing what the manager says. Uh, and against Preston, he got the the crucial second goal, and I thought he was very good throughout the whole game. Uh, but it was against Cardiff. It was really good. He was probably our best player. We had Shelby and Richie out. Gale wasn't playing, and he, he really took on the mantle of being our main attacking threat. Uh, he scored from the free kick and I was watching in the pub at the time and, and the people I was watching with, I said, there's no way we're going to score from this free kick. We don't have anybody who can take them. Uh, I think the commentator as well said, oh, from this position, you have to go across the, the goal. It's impossible to get it up and down. And then he just gets it up and down into the top corner and it was a ridiculous piece of skill. So, yeah, I would say he was probably our most impressive player this week and it'll be interesting to see if Rafa wants to keep him. Because I think there might be a, there might be a role for him, but... Uh, there might not be. We'll see, we'll see what happens there. Disappointed. Um, yeah, we got promoted and we won two games. I'm not going to pick on anybody for that. It's a bit counterproductive. So, uh, yeah, just before we wrap up, we'll move on to match previews for next weekend, the final day of the season, uh, 12 o'clock kickoffs on Saturday. Uh, we'll start with you on this one, Andy. Uh, you got a trip to Rotherham, so I'm guessing you're expecting a win to finish the season. Yes, uh, we've got an uh, end-of-season trip. To Rotherham to the New York Stadium. A um, bit of added spice in the game is that their goalkeeper Lee Camp is an ex-Derby player who latterly played for Forest, so I'm sure we'll be keen to put a few past him. I, you know, I'm fairly confident that uh, we can end the season with a win and uh, lay down a marker for next season. Hopefully, our forward line can continue to look as threatening as they have. Uh, recently under Gary Rowett and uh, hopefully uh, a happy end to the season in which has been one of ups, downs and downs and hopefully back on the way up. Yeah, moving on to your game, James, uh, you've got a trip to Wolves to play the team that uh, Derby have just beaten. I guess there's nothing really right on it for every team, but it's always good to end the season with a win. How do you see this one going? Yeah, as you said, it's it's always good to end the season with a win. We uh, we won, we won there last season, so hopefully we can get a similar result and sort of end the season, which has been sort of for the large part a really positive season for us. Um, it was always good, especially after last season. There's always that second season syndrome that seems to to creep into some teams that have been promoted out of League One. They've had their good first season. And then they kind of get found out a bit then in their second season. So it's been a positive season that we've managed to kick on, improve the squad and, and hopefully, you know, sort of finish higher than we did last season. So that, yeah, the aim is is to pick up a victory. Um, it's a shame there's nothing riding on the game. When I saw that it was going to be Preston Wolves' last game of the season when the fixtures came out, I thought that sort of one of us would have sort of a shout at the playoffs. Um hasn't turned out that way, but, you know, it'll still be a, a good day out. Um, go down there with no pressure on. It's nice sort of to make a change of not been involved in, you know, like a relegation battle or that kind of thing. So can go in and actually enjoy the game. Hopefully um, a couple of the, the sort of the younger players, we've had a few um, sort of of our scholars sort of sign pro contracts. So hopefully, you know, one or two of them um, can get some game time and, It'd be a good chance for Stevie May to get some game time as well. Um, he played uh, from the start against Rotherham, scored the goals. So hopefully he can uh, sort of kick on a bit now as well. Um, yeah, hopefully we can uh, pick up a victory. I seem to fancy us more really away from home this season, especially the way we set up uh, teams on the counter-attack. So 
as long as it's an entertaining game, I'll be happy. Um, not the end of the world if we if we get beat or or if we draw, but it's it's always nice to sign off the season with a win and and send the fans happy into the summer, especially with there being you know no international football or anything like that this summer. So yeah, fingers crossed, pick up a win, send the fans home happy, and then uh, kick on then in pre-season. Yeah, finally, uh, Newcastle, we're at home to Barnsley. We've got an outside chance of the, the title, as I said earlier. So it'll, I definitely think we'll probably win this game. I think Barnsley haven't been as good during the second season. They've got nothing to play for. They're, they'll, uh, I, I don't really see them causing us any problems, especially now we're, we've been promoted. There's not really the pressure on us. Even if we uh, lose or you know draw, it doesn't really matter. So I think the players can go out and play with some freedom. And it will get a few goals. Uh, finish the season on a high at St. James' Park. There'll be celebrations afterwards. Hopefully, uh, we could see the, uh, us lift the title That'll be, and then the trophy to be on the pitch. That'd be really nice. But if not, we, we'll move on and, and label this, six season, uh, this season as a, as a success. It's been a, a massive one. But that is all we have time for today. So if you guys want to tell people where they can reach you or anything you're involved in, that'll be a good time. Yes, as I said earlier, I'm James Vickers. I'm a Preston North End fan on the podcast. Uh, You can reach me on Twitter at underscore James Vickers. I write for a Preston North End fan blog, which is at Deepdale Digest. Uh, And hopefully in the near future, I'll be uh, writing for a Borussia Dortmund fan blog as well. So if anyone follows Bundesliga, uh, definitely worth following me to to keep an eye out for that. But yeah, as I said, follow me on Twitter and, and talk football. Hi, I'm Andy Buckley-Taylor representing Derby County on the podcast. Um, you can follow my mutterings on Twitter at BuckTaylor64. Um, I also do a blog on the Derbyshire Times and their, all their various local newspapers in Derbyshire, um, where obviously uh, you can follow my point of view and uh, interact with me if you so wish. Yeah, no, you can get my Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's all right, for EPL Index and the Boot Room, so check both those sites out. Uh, thanks to both James and Andy for coming on today, and thanks for you guys listening. We hope you join us again soon. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.